Welcome to the P-Day Podcast. The podcast that fills the hole in your soul until your MSF card refills. I'm Elder Sampson. And I'm Elder Hare. And this week, we're going to be interviewing our first converts from the field. But first, this week's missionary pro tip. With COVID and all that going on, obviously you spend a lot of time in your apartment, do you not? Oh no, he spends literally 23 hours a day in your apartment. Yeah, so to kind of break that up a little bit, something my companion and I would do was go do our studies outside. And this really helped because every morning, instead of just staying in longer, doing Facebook finding or things like that, or even just sitting at de- desks doing our studies, we would get outside, we'd go find a local park or somewhere like that to do our studies. And this led to my favorite thing that we did, obviously besides bringing the joy of the gospel to everyone's lives, is we got hammocks. And so we would go do our studies every day out in this beautiful park. We'd just go set up our hammocks and hang around and do our studies. Now, I think that's genius, especially for those of you who are doing missionary work in COVID. Just get outside. Honestly, hammocks, beautiful idea. I wish we had done that. Yeah, it helps so much. And even with this colder weather, you can go to the library, you can find other public places like that, find a museum, something like that, where you can go get out of the house, do your studies, and it'll really help break up the day a little bit. All right, for our interview today, we're going to be interviewing, as we said, our first converts from the field, which is to say, ourselves. So we'll start off with Elder Hare. Elder Hare, where did you start off your mission? So I started my mission serving in the New York Syracuse mission, which covers all of upstate New York. All right. And how do you know you're in the New York Syracuse mission? What's something specific to that? What's the kind of the the energy there? You knew you were in the New York Syracuse mission. One, because we talked a ton about the restoration, seeing as we were there in the cradle of the restoration. We had Palmyra and the Hill Camorra and all of those places in our mission. And you also knew that you were in the New York Syracuse mission because our entire focus was on Jesus Christ and knowing his doctrine. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds great. And how long did you spend there? I spent about five months in Syracuse. All right. And so after that, I, I know you're now a service missionary here with me. We are both service missionaries in the Orem South Service Mission. Um, what was that transition like for you? Um, to begin with, rough, to say the least. It was long at times, but it was also really amazing to be able to see the hand of the Lord in that because as I started and right after I'd got home, I was released and I was all, what am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do with my life? And, you know, that's a question all missionaries ask when they first get home. Yeah. But I was given the option to serve a service mission. I was all, I want to do that. That sounds really cool. And so a month later, I was all, okay, I'm going to do a service mission. And I talked with the original SMLs because the Orem area was split. Mm-hmm. But I talked with the Barraclofs and they said, all right, we'll take you to tour service sites. And I went towards service sites and started yeah. my mission. So service missions uh, obviously present a lot of different opportunities for missionaries that are unable to serve otherwise. Um, what do you think some of the, the benefits are? What have you seen come from service mission? You learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm as well as getting to focus on other people and their needs and ways that you can get outside of yourself because every day you are posed with the opportunity to serve. Yeah. And tell me, where have you been serving? I've served at two different locations. I started at the meatpacking plant for the church down in Springville, Utah. And then I also was serving at the church's motion picture studio in Provo. 
and now I'm serving full-time at the Church's Motion Picture Studio. All right, and what do you what do you do there? So there I served eight months as a battalion leader, and I worked basically what you would consider an AP and a zone leader combined, but we did all sorts of work um, with Book of Mormon videos. We worked with the set down in Goshen, we do cleaning, we do building, we help with finish work around the studio, we help maintain the cars that they use for the fleet there, yeah. so all sorts of stuff. That's great. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you, so you have helped with the set in Goshen that's used for the Book of Mormon videos, but has also now been used for filming some of the Chosen, is that right? That is correct, yes. We saw them come through and met a few of them when they filmed in September, mm -hmm. right after the Book of Mormon videos ended, and that was really cool to see, and just to meet them and get to know their program and their project. Oh, that's great. All right, any, any final words of wisdom about your experience so far as a missionary starting off in the field and transitioning to a service mission? My thought, I would say, is that it does not matter to the Lord where you serve. What matters to the Lord is one, that you're willing, two, that you serve to the best of your ability, and three, that you do it with a heart of love. That's truly inspired. Thank you, Elder Hare. All right, and now, Elder Sampson, to go back to you, where did you start your mission? So I started off in the Boston, Massachusetts mission. And tell me about that. What was it like? How'd you know you were there? So it was great. When I opened my call, I remember I was in the car on the way to Costco with my mom. I wasn't going to make any big ceremony of it. Most of my friends were already out on missions. And so I just, as soon as I got, I just opened the email and I was like, it just felt right. It just felt like where I was supposed to go. And I, I loved it there. It was great to finally live outside of Utah because I've lived in Utah most of my life. And there's just so many diverse people with different backgrounds and understandings. They have some of the, the smartest people in the world there, and so you kind of can come off as thinking they're better than you. But once you get to know the people, they're just amazing people that, that truly have been given lots of gifts from God. I love that. Getting to know the people, that's a key right there. Now, how long did you serve in Boston? So I was actually out just one transfer. I, I remember it was, it was a couple days in, uh, I had my first interview with the mission president, and I just broke down. I told him, I, I can't do this. I, I My stomach's been killing me for the past couple of days. I can't do this. And he had little mercy. He was he, he told me what I needed, didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, but told me maybe what I needed to hear. And he said, Elder, you've been out here for a couple of days. The Lord is not impressed with your efforts. That's what he said to me, which is, sounds kind of harsh. And it, it kind of hurt to hear at the time. But it definitely changed uh, how I began my mission and the experience I had. Wow, that's powerful. Having a good mission president makes a difference. So with all the struggles and kind of going off topic here, what were your thoughts? Like, what did you think the Lord was planning for you? What would, what do you think? Well, it, it was difficult at first because at first the thoughts I was kind of grappling with were... Like, I am I'm like a failure as a missionary. I'm not worthy to be here. There's some, for some reason, I, I was called here, I got here, and now I am having these, these great struggles that seems like it's, it's going to make me have to go back home. And so what have I done wrong? And it took several weeks of intense soul searching and service and hard work to come to terms with that and realize there wasn't anything I did wrong. 
Um, this, this was the Lord's plan for me. He wanted me here for a reason, and now he's sending me somewhere else for a reason. I think that's something really important, especially for missionaries that get reassigned to realize with COVID that's been happening so much. And as service missionaries, we meet tons of missionaries that started off in the field or somewhere else and have been reassigned. And that doesn't mean that you're not following God's plan for you. It just means that he wanted you there for some reason, and now he needs you back here for some reason. Amen. That's beautiful. It reminds me of, really quickly, the scripture where they ask about the blind man who's born blind, and he said, who sinned, this man or his parents? Yeah. And the Lord said, neither, but that the power of the Lord could be shown through him. That's amazing. That's so true. So when you got home, what what was your experience? What What happened? So I've heard there's been a lot of people that have talked about the kind of stigma surrounding early return missionaries and how difficult that is for some of them. And uh, I, I think I was kind of lucky, and I'm glad to see that some of that is not nearly as bad as it used to be. For me, I was fully supported. Almost everyone in my life was fully supportive of me coming back and um, super excited for me to be able to start as a service missionary. Uh, and I feel like that's definitely shown how we, these are the, the latter days things are changing. Even just a couple of years ago, uh, an early return missionary in my position probably would have faced a lot more criticism or those kind of things, negative feelings from family members and friends. Uh, but it was just, I just felt really supported. That's amazing. And that's, that's beautiful. So now moving forward, where did you start and what happened and what have you been doing? So I started off when I got back, it just took a little time to kind of recover and rest. Um, and then I started looking at different options. I came with you to to check out the motion picture studio. And I, it seemed like a cool place to work, a lot of cool missionaries, but there weren't any spots open there yet, which uh, at the time I saw as kind of a negative thing because I couldn't start there. I had to find somewhere else to serve, but it meant I checked out an option I wouldn't have otherwise, which is called Book of Mormon Central. You may have heard of us. We make a bunch of church uh, resources on the standard works. We have some good podcasts, different video series. You might've heard of Taylor and Tyler or things like that. And so I went to check that out just on a, kind of on a whim. And I had mentioned to the, the person I was talking with, Daniel Smith, who runs research there, that I had dabbled in 3D modeling. So he asked me if I had ever used a program called Blender, which I never had, but he asked me if I'd be willing to learn. Turns out they needed a missionary that could do 3D modeling of church artifacts for them that they could use in their videos. And I wasn't even gonna, I was just gonna go work at the motion picture studio. I didn't even, I didn't even know this existed as an opportunity. And now I've been working there for a solid three months. I've become pretty proficient at the program and I've been able to do some amazing work that only I could have done. It's something very specific to my talents and abilities that I feel like was prepared for me. And the, the Lord kind of led me there by pushing me away from other things I thought were good. Amen, I love that. So any other thoughts, things you would say to our listeners, anything? I would just say the, the hard parts of your mission and the, the parts where you're not doing great, those are part of the process. It's not supposed to be a perfect process. But it's the, the idea that the gospel isn't made for perfect people, the gospel is made to perfect people. And if, we ever, if you ever get in your own head thinking that, ah, oh, I'm not perfect, I'm not doing this right, then just remember that the point of this is to help you do things right, not that you are already there. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much.
All right, we're going to move into our final segment. Elder Hare has some some closing thoughts for us today. What do you have for us today, Elder Hare? So, out in the field, we were always encouraged to choose faith scriptures, and this was not one of mine personally, but my companion in the field found this, and it's right after Nephi has finished talking about Isaiah and giving his prophecies, and I love what he says here. For behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, that the Lord God worketh not in darkness. He doeth not anything, save it be for the benefit of the world. For he loveth the world, even that he layeth down his own life, that he may draw all men unto him. Wherefore, he commandeth none, that they shall not partake of his salvation. So kind of going along with our topic today of change and things that the Lord has in store, none of it is done in darkness. The creation, everything was tailored around what we needed here on this world. And he didn't do it in darkness. Everything the Lord does is understandable through his doctrine. And he does it because he loves us. He draws all men to him. And he wants us so badly that he gave up his own life. And as Isaiah says, he has graven us in the palms of his hands. He wants us to choose him. And so my encouragement this week was to find ways that you can draw men unto Christ because that's our responsibility as missionaries and find ways that you can show forth his power and his love to those around you and find it for yourself as well. Thanks for listening to the P-Day podcast and next week we have a special surprise. Close personal friend of ours, Dr. Lynn Eystone, professor of psychology at Brigham Young University. She'll be coming on the show to talk to us a little bit about mental health for missionaries.